Entertainment wonder, arcade centers like no other nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, every moment, everything is seen. Wanna jump all on it, damn. Walking through these halls, my childhood is written on these walls. Um, I breathe the air deep down. I know this place is where I belong. My destiny, my wildest dream, my fantasy, my inspiration, and my energy. Everything up to this point, this place has let me, yeah. Can't go on forever, so real Like a faded meeting with a friend who knew shape from beginning Two, 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 point, 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 point Oh, 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 oh Alright, you're listening to Japan 2.0 And you may have noticed that was our new uh, theme song um, Originally, the theme song we've always been using Is kind of an interesting story Oh, yeah, yeah, so tell me where you want to go Is a, um, a collaboration with the Unitableist And this guy, Be That uh, be that's a rapper out of California and uh, Southern California, and uh, I'm the unitableist. If you didn't know, I'm outing myself. But um, yeah, we just were. I, I remember I was working with a guy, and I gave him a demo of like some of the beats and stuff that I was just messing around with on my com- my computer, and uh, I was doing a lot of sample based music. And he liked some of my beats, and he was like, "Let's collaborate on a few things, and tell me where you want to go." Is the, I mean, the probably the the best product that we got from those collaborations, and um, yeah, I'm really proud of that song, and it has this uh, very uh, jet set vibe to the whole song, and it's kind of unique. It's a bit of a throwback to the '80s and '70s. It's always been my favorite Unitableist song, so. We were trying to find a good um, intro to our show, and that was kind of just a placeholder. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I love this song, and Matt's. I'm going to throw it on there and <laughs> record a really great chorus, <laughs> um, and not ever thinking that we'd be using it for two seasons straight. So We recently recorded an episode uh, called like our, our gripes or our rants about uh, Japan, um, and kind of the companion with that. Uh, we have how we cheat at living at life in Japan. And I think these are things that maybe Matt and I do, whether it's just being a foreigner or certain personality traits that we have. But I feel like the life I live here is really, really awesome. And when I tell people about my life back home, I feel that I need to give them a caveat of like, well, not everyone can have this life. You know, only I'm so so lucky to. I don't know, that sounds horrible, but I feel so blessed and so lucky for the life that I live um, that I'm in a very unique position. I think maybe you might have your own take on some of that stuff too. Yeah, I think being a foreigner, um, we're not always held to the same standard as, as like a, a national. Mm. Um, uh, I think sometimes, you know, it has to do with like we could get by with some uh, societal norms you know we don't have to follow exactly all the rules and still be accepted in the general you know in general hmm. um, so some some things are not expected of us some cultural um, I don't know cultural yeah you know, I'll, I'll give it, stuff the, you know and ex- the inception of this episode was a conversation I had with a friend about a recent episode we recorded in which I said um, for me personally, I feel very free to dress however I want here. Where back home in the states, for me, I felt um, there was a lot of um, what's the word homophobia where, where I grew up, and I used to like to wear tighter clothes or a little more flamboyant clothing than the other guys around there. And I've had to deal with avoiding uh, physical fights 
a handful of times in my life because of the way I was dressed or my hair is length. Just random people from across the street like oh. yelling at me and coming up physically and like grabbing me. I've had people grab my hair before multiple times because I have long hair. Um, things like that. Uh, for me as a guy, and I was only thinking from a man's perspective when I said that, um, that whole aspect of like gender roles and what a man is and what a girl is physically in Japan to me is very, very freeing. Um, and I love it. And to go even further and kind of, I guess, defend that statement, um, I work around other Westerners, and the way I dress around those Westerners is more conservative. And often when I go out on the weekends or something, when I'm coming out to Osaka, not all the time, but there are times where I'll go out and I'll dress a particular way that I wouldn't want to dress around my coworkers. Part of it's because I work with them and I want to be very professional around them. Mm-hmm. But another part is I know that Western male culture isn't as accepting of things like tight pants or if I wear shoes that have a heel on them or something like I know like I'll get jokes about it and it's not like really hateful or anything but I just don't really want to deal with those comments sometimes or my Japanese friends would say the opposite like oh that's really cool and it's not the kind of like oh that's cool because it's weird it's yeah. like they generally like res- like that or think it's cool too well they ask where you got your shoes or you know that's something right. like that yeah. um, so for I guess girls and it's very true I mean multiple people not just this one friend but there's one friend who got me to start thinking about it and I asked around and my wife and other people and yeah I guess for girls compared to western culture Japan is a bit more um, restrictive on what they can wear it's particularly with like tops yeah. like uh, wearing tank tops or showing like chest um, it's not covering as, your shoulders is like seems to be a pretty big deal um, I mean if you go out to like major mo- metropolitan areas you, you'll see more women out with like tank tops and, mm-hmm. or like summer clothes and stuff but even in the summertime a lot of times you know um, girls are pretty covered up it's a very big contrast to what you would see and at least where I'm from California where yeah. everybody's wearing tank tops and like you know short shorts to get yeah I mean the whole point of this is that I started to realize I don't live the normal Japanese life because even with that topic with girls I don't my little small town I live in I'm not really hanging out there and to be honest the summer where I live in my small town is the most freely dressed I've I would argue people in the world without being naked like you see girls so scantily clad there and it's very accepted um but again that's a small counterculture of Japanese culture so that area I live in has that and then when I'm going out I'm going out to Sanamita, Monomachi, Shinsaibashi, Umeda these big urban areas where I do see a lot of Japanese girls honestly showing their shoulders and wearing low-cut shirts not like everyone it's a certain type of Japanese girl but it doesn't seem like if my wife or a friend wanted to do that, that they would get like older men yelling at them or something, which in Korea, my wife has had happen to her. The way she's dressed, she's had like older people like say things to her yeah. about it. Um, but in Japan, that's not happened. Um, so, and we have another friend, um, someone who used to live in place, uh, Fukui, and she had talked about how conservative the dressing had to be and stuff too. And it just came, made me realize like I don't hang out in those areas because I don't like that style of life or that culture. Um, and I think because of the places I hang out at and the kind of people I surround myself with, Japanese people, that I don't experience that negative that some people, it's affecting their lives here and how they can dress. That for me, um, I just... I guess ignore certain parts of Japanese society or I shun certain parts of Japanese society and that allows me to maybe not be as accepted by Japanese people, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe um, 
the things I do, the ways I am. I don't speak Japanese. I only speak English. That's that's the glaring one. A lot of Japanese people aren't going to be okay with that, especially when I tell them the embarrassing fact that I lived here for four years. Some people straight up then probably just don't want to know anything else about me, but I'm this、that's, bad leech to society, right? That's becoming an increasingly difficult thing to like admit to people. <laughs> like, <laughs> but my, we've we've talked about like. I don't know if we've talked on the podcast, but I know you and I have talked about like telling people that we're debating on lying. Japan reloaded in Denver town. We just unfolded game conventions, record shopping, more Tokyo town. Everywhere is happening, living up our dream. Sketch vinyls, Tokyo radio, our thing. Never stop, never retire. Tired but tomorrow. This this concept from a couple of conversations with friends of them having these different experiences from me. Now I'm not saying that you can go off and, and change your gender, obviously, but、um, the way I guess I think I cheat in that aspect of just talking about maybe clothing in general, although it's not that much of an issue for guys. But I think maybe my wife, who's a girl,、um, doesn't necessarily feel the same way that some other girls feel in Japan.、Um, part of it has to do with、um, maybe we're not so interested with fitting into like. Normal Japanese society are being accepted by maybe like just your average or normal Japanese people. I guess the people that I would look for acceptance from would be the、uh, people that I really want to be friends with or that I value. And typically, my Japanese friends are ones who have who have lived around the world, left Japan.、Um, we'll get into the language later, but that, that's a big one. They they would already speak English. And then the last one is like they're always surrounded by the arts. So.、Yeah. Um, all of our friends that are Japanese are artists in some way, or they have a craft.、Um, so the I way mean, maybe it's because we're not going out with like Japanese,、um, like business people, you know, to do drinking and stuff. You know, those probably like the areas where you get into those kind of like politics, like social politics.、Mm. It would be like. Uh, because neither of us work for have and have worked for. We've kind of worked for international schools and stuff where there's a lot of foreigners, and we can sit when we sit down. It's not like a table completely Japanese business people, you know, or,、yeah. or your coworkers. So I have a feeling like that has something to do with it. That you know we're often around like a lot of foreigners, and then we're not in those positions where it would be. Um, where it could be more awkward, right? Sure. Like where somebody would say, like, "Why are you wearing that?" You know, we're all going out to drink. You know, I mean, that's not socially acceptable or something. Yeah, I mean, my, I would doubt it'd be pretty rare. I think for someone to overtly say like that, I think it'd be more indirect the comments you might get. Yeah. Or like people shooting you glances, you know.、Uh, but yeah, I think you bring up a good point of that. We're very lucky, and this is how we cheat in Japan.、Um, that like. I don't have forced interactions with Japanese. The Japanese that I surround myself by are of my choice because my coworkers only ten percent of them or five percent of them are Japanese, and they're choosing to work at an international school, right? So obviously they're going to be very open-minded. That being said, though, I have been out with people who are Japanese, and I can tell they're not like super accepting of me being different or me not、uh, making more of an attempt to be Japanese myself, and I. Then instantly could care less about anything. Like I just would never ever surround myself by people who wouldn't accept me for who I really am, you know. And there's certain parts of me. We did an episode of how Japan has changed us, and I didn't really talk about this, but I think living in Japan、um, makes you become more Japanese. And、um, 
in a lot of ways, you know, I'm a little more calm here than I was in, in Korea when I go out and things like that. And that's because that's who I'm surrounded by. And my Japanese friends are more calm and they're not drinking quite as hard as my, as my Korean friends were partying quite, quite as hard. And that's had an effect on me. Um, so, yeah, I guess who you hang out with kind of rubs off on you a bit. Um, yeah, and I would just be really careful to not hang around people who would be not liking the way I dress and stuff. Unless you work with them, then, you, then you're stuck. And I kind of talked about sometimes I don't feel super comfortable, you know, being my full self around people I work with. But that's that's a different situation, I think. But I think, um, yeah, if, if your Japanese friends um, have issues with you, then maybe they're not friends, you know? Or <laughs> yeah. That is what I might say because I have lots of Japanese friends who... Again, maybe it's, I guess the argument would be like, well, you don't really speak Japanese or maybe you don't know what they're thinking, but I don't know. I would like to believe that my four years here, I, I know who my friends are and that they're super cool and laid back and don't really care about uh, how I dress or me not speaking Japanese. Or, like, uh, we'll talk about, you know, our best friends, mutual friends that we share, like Akira and Hitomi and Akakai, right? Do you think anywhere deep down inside they're upset with us or bothered by us not knowing like Japanese or I don't I don't think so I think especially in their case you know I mean they're such world worldly peoples anyways you know they they have all been traveling and they all um, they all like to practice English and you know they like to use English you know I mean uh, uh, there's some more shy than others of course but um but I don't, I don't think in that case, you know, I mean, especially, I don't want to think that way about, you know, our friends either, yeah, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I wouldn't. But then I've, I've never seen the smallest hint of like, I mean, we should be asking ourselves that question, right? Like we talked about, we feel super guilty. Oh, a lot it. of our friends are always like, oh, I'm sorry. I, I only know this in Japanese and they, they like really apologize sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. Believe me. It's not like, don't, you don't need to apologize. You know, if there's any moment of confusion or whatever, mm. I know it's on me, you know, like, I mean, I'm the one that came to your country and I can't speak, right. you know, that's the way I look at it. And that's like the most motivating thing to learn Japanese is when you're making other people feel bad in their own country to not speak English, you know, you really feel like an idiot. My point is that, um, I've never felt that way from the Japanese people that we're, we're close with. Yeah. Um, told, totally not at all. And I don't feel that way with most interactions with just like strangers That's and right. stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, I talk to people, but once again, I often meet people where we're at like some sort of mutual, we're going to um, event concerts that, yeah, or exactly. an art gallery or, uh, yeah. I mean, I, we used to go to night wax, um, and where they do like, soul music and rock rockabilly and stuff like that and when you're there with those people they're the people excited to be there for the music and so if you have something in common and you could talk about it a little bit Mm. um they're more than happy to like share and like we very rarely had any you know prejudice and i mean some people i've heard people talk about like there's a lot of prejudice around and stuff but i mean that's really there's only one time that i could really think of where we were kind of being talked down to by somebody who was speaking in english but (laughs) was it the one we were together yeah yeah that wasn't even about us it was about another culture not even our culture about the Korean stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, but, it, but he was talking bad about us uh, not speaking Japanese uh, as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. but... Uh, I've had a person give me... A, the hardest time I've ever had about not speaking Japanese was by an African guy, um, and he was like, dude, you lived here for two years, and that's all you've got, and he, like, really... And that, I told Matt off-air, like, that was the time where I was like, all right, maybe I'll start saying I've only lived here for a year, you know, <laughs> around... I released at least around other foreigners, because I've actually found other foreigners are the ones who get more upset about it than, than Japanese... 
I guess the start of this concept or this show of how we cheat at Japan was a, a little bit abstract. But this first point, I guess, if I had to sum it up, is kind of like um, people would argue a hard part about Japan is that there's a lot of like societal norms and rules, and that Japanese are very rigid. And I'm not disagreeing with that by any means. To be honest, I'm not an expert on that because I don't live by any means a normal Japanese life. So in that way, I've never even experienced that or even like consciously thought about those things because I'm cheating at Japan. And I think by um, just not having one of those normal Japanese jobs here, which will really be an underlying... I guess the underlying themes of the show are like by not working a normal Japanese job for a Japanese company and by not speaking fluent or near fluent Japanese there's a lot of benefits yeah, well one for sure and uh, we were talking about this off mic is that um, we don't work the hours that Japanese you know nationals do like I mean they often work crazy hours and tons of overtime I mean Japan is kind of notorious for having some of the worst like working yeah, conditions you always hear this thing thrown around on the internet there's a phrase about working to death there's a word in Japanese which means to work to death literally and to die from working it's not that uncommon so there's a phrase for that yeah and things are starting to change slowly I mean they, government's I think they, trying to fix it yeah. government's trying to fix it there were a couple of controversies recently where people were overworked and had like physical physical problems some of them resulted in death and uh, the government's starting to step in and try to fix some of this but um, but it's true we don't work nearly as much and that is one way that we cheat in a, a major a, way that's a massive way yeah my and work I'll, hours are 8 30 to 3 30 I work longer than that by choice um, but still in our previous episode I said that the average hours seem to be like nine to eight or maybe eight to eight people are commuting really long distances too right yeah like my commute is a 30 second walk so for me personally um yeah I, I work very reasonable hours I have tons of holiday I work two about 200 days a year 250 days a year and the rest for me is paid paid holiday um so in a lot of ways, some of the worst parts of Japanese society, I don't have to experience. And we don't have the pressure to stay, you know, like at work. A lot of times, mm -hmm. you know, people are off at, you know, their job is like nine to five, right? Or, you know, eight to four or whatever. Yeah. And, um, but they, when their boss doesn't leave the office, they can't leave. Like they have this compulsion, mm -hmm. like, uh, I, I, if I leave now, then it's going to look really bad. I'm going to, they're going to look down on me like I'm not, you know, working for the company or I'm not, you know, trying my hardest or, and on top of that, not only might you work hours and hours overtime, but you sometimes are, they have this compulsory, like, drinking oh, right, like right. going to the izakayas after work and if your boss tells you oh we're all going out drinking and you say oh sorry i can't yeah. you know that might look bad so um For sure like that's where that's the only place i've heard like well not, not extremely this is not absolute but around the office you have to use certain language towards like your um senpai the people above you right but when you're drinking that's the chance where you're like more on a similar level not exactly but you're more on a similar level and that some of those talks that happen while drinking are things that get you put ahead a lot of times business is done around the bar you know and that uh, if you want to move up that's your place to move up and yeah. talk, talk to the boss that you normally can't talk to around the office. And that's not exclusive to Japan. I mean, I know a lot of whining and dining goes on in the States too, you know, even on a, a low, like lowly level where I, I used to work. But, um, 
but at, at the same time, I'm glad I, I really, it's my cheat, you know, like I, I don't have to do that. I don't feel obligated. And you know, a lot of times like when foreigners like us, you know, they, they, they say, oh, we're all going out to eat. And you're like, no, nah, I'm not going. They're kind of like, well, they're gaijin. That's kind of how they do. You know, they, they don't feel like they want to go. I was always told that um, you just tell them you're like, allergic to alcohol right away, even before you asked just like make that announcement somehow you make yeah it but how would we how would we do that David <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no. nah, I, I mean we're drinking right now yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway on that note uh, I think it's time for us to take a break and we'll have a special segment for you segment for you is called our snack of the show uh, which we've done in the past we had some clam chowder cookies before do you remember any of the other snacks of the shows or salmon did we do the salmon uh, no we didn't get snack? to do the salmon uh, we'd mentioned it but uh, yeah, we didn't well get to do it. this is a of all of our re- segments they're all returning this one particularly is a drink of the show um, Japan is all about the seasonal stuff, and it's really, really awesome, but it's really, really horrible at the same time, yeah, because something will come that you love, and it's amazing, and then it's going to be gone in like a month. For so. example, like June has all been all about lemon, so there's been okay. a million lemon, lemon snacks everywhere, and I've had some really good ones, I've had some really bad ones, so they're hit or miss, but... Um, there's typically a, a theme that lasts for like one month yeah, or two yeah, months. Yeah. And right now, uh, for me, uh, Chuhai, in case you don't know, is um, sochu, which is like, a, I think it's a rice wine. Um, I would say sochu is like a lesser version of sake. For me, at least, I find it easier to get hungover on sochu than I would sake. However, I love Chuhais, which are sochu plus um, fruit juice, usually. I don't know what the high stands for in Chuhai. But um, this one, I, I like the sound of it, was salty watermelon. And salty stuff is actually kind of common here. You see a lot of things marketed as salty. Should I read what it says oh, on there? You it says, read it. make sure your Suica pieces are completely covered with salt to ensure they remain preserved in top condition. Ooh, well, in case you didn't know, Suica is watermelon in Japanese. Oh, well, this is preserved in top uh, condition. Because it, it, it does have salt. And this is strong for chuhais. Chuhais are on average 3 or 4% alcohol. This one's 6%. This is going to be a fun episode. And it is 1% watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, so the, week, the uh, other yeah, 93% in there is salt, I assume. Yeah. Uh, the watermelon is like, it's really big. Um, Summer. Uh, yeah, it's like an icon of summer. I mean, the classic uh, thing you do is take a watermelon to the beach and break it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it a pinata, basically. Yeah, they put on a uh, blindfold on, and then you take a big stick, and then you try to find the watermelon in the ground. And once it breaks open, everybody goes in and eats it. The Japanese um, pinata, the watermelon. Ja- yeah, well, exactly. It's almost the exact same. Uh, let's uh, compile here, and we're going to give you our impressions. So, chotomate. Definitely salty. Oh, I tasted the salt first. It's so salty. It like 
takes all your moisture in your mouth and consumes it. Now I'm left with a very dry. So it's. I would never guess it was watermelon. I, I, there's a hint of watermelon in there. One percent. Um, I don't think it. Yeah, exact. it's, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think it's bad. I think it actually is pretty good. Um, typically, these chew high drinks are a little too sweet for me. Yeah, it tastes like a Jolly Rancher. And so, yeah, it's kind of like a watered down Jolly Rancher. It tastes like I agree. to me. It tastes like a Jolly Rancher. If you dipped a Jolly Rancher in soda water. Yeah, club soda, right. you know, and maybe a little bit of sweetener. I say if you had a big glass of club soda, and you just put one Jolly Rancher in that big glass and mixed and it for like two, exactly two days, it's like yeah, till it dissolved. Yeah, for me, the signifying phrase is "get a ginner," and like I, if something's good, you're gonna buy it again in your life. But if something's not good, you're not gonna get it again. This for me is not a get a ginner. Yeah, I would if say it, if I someone gave it to it. me for free, I'd be happy to have it. Yeah, but I wouldn't go out of my way to buy this one again. What's your favorite Chihuahua? Chihuahua. All right, my favorite Chihuahua is easily Peach. Um, Centauri makes one. It's in like a dark blue bottle, and it's very, very peachy. Like it almost feels like there's actual peach fibers uh, in in it. Uh, Matt's pulling that one now. Yeah, this one's not. This one's good. This is a standard, easy to find one. I really, really like this one. Uh, but there's like a, a more premium one that somehow costs the same price. I don't really get it. Um, that I really, really like. But this one, yeah, is a really classic The one. This is Suntory as well that you have. It's a peach uh, color. Yeah. 3% alcohol. I think the difference between the one you're holding and the one I like is that actually the other one has more, like, peach in it. Yeah, peach is Momo. Yeah, I love me some Momo. Is that your favorite chai normally, too? Uh, actually, we've had this for a really long time. I wouldn't be surprised if it was expired or All expires right. soon. So if you want to have something that right, you can well, have there. So we could dump this out and have some peach. I'll help you get rid of that. <laughs> uh, it's only 3% alcohol, too, so we could drink it and not, not get too wasted. Yeah, we will do a second. Let's finish this and we'll have a second segment. We'll come back. What? Two stuff. segments in one episode? Two for the price of one. And a new theme song? Oh, this my goodness. Incredible. What, a, what an episode this is. <laughs> Maybe it's not to be the start of our third season. Yeah, yeah, it might be. Hmm. Plus a wrap on salty watermelon shoe highs. Um, go to your nearest Asian mart and maybe you'll be lucky enough to find it. Or not, since I gave it a critical review. Yeah, yeah, I would say skip it. I'd yeah. say you could probably find a better watermelon drink out there. All right. Well, there well you this go. is Japan 2.0 Eats or Snacks, or I can't remember what snack exactly attack. I decided to do. <laughs> snack Attack. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'll be right back. Again, this is a more conversational episode for us. We're just kind of just sitting down and talking about a topic. Um, so we talked a little bit more about language uh, at the beginning of the show. But I'm going to go and expand on that a bit. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I think overall, if I had a choice, I would definitely choose to speak you know, Japanese. I, I could go on and on about how I get bummed out, how I think it would be so much easier to talk to people and get to know the country I love if I just would sit down and not be an idiot and learn the language. But <laughs> the lazy part of me, I think sometimes this propels me not studying, is that there are benefits by not speaking Japanese. Um, 
one of my favorite ones is that I can't understand small talk that's happening around me. So if I go out to a cafe and I see a bunch of particularly like school kids who seem to be kind of obnoxious, um, I don't have to hear their obnoxious conversations. So I, I hear them, but I don't understand them. And I know I'm about ready to go back home for the first time in four years. And whenever I go back home, one of the first things I notice is like the horrible conversations and topics people have and the stupidest things they talk about. And for me, um, it's like wearing headphones when I go out, you know, it just is like this murmur of sound around me. And then I have to hear people talking about horrible politics or sports or the weather or all these mundane conversations that I just really don't like. Um, and these, again, are, are my tricks. I'm always talking about how I live in Japan and just really think the best of the people around me so much more so than I ever have at any other time in my life. And this is another one of those tricks. Is And maybe people would say, like, I'm lying to myself, but I would say ignorance is bliss. It's just a oh, it's a, I use a lot. It's a really good point. Um, there's times where you go to a restaurant and you hear some foreigners they come in and they're loud and they're um, just, they're just shouting, you know, and and they're really passionate about something, but usually it's something inappropriate, yeah, inappropriate negative about or, Japan, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, or sometimes it's just being loud, and at times, I mean. For me, it's really noticeable because I speak the language and I'm just like, whoa, I can't believe this is going on. And when I go home, I have the same the same issue. You know, it's like sensory overload because, you know, here in Japan, I, I've tuned out, you know, like I, I don't need to worry about like what people are saying around me all the time. But, you know, when I go back to the States, like I understand every conversation and it just gets too much, you know, like sometimes we put a lot of blame of like too much um stimulation from our phones and our technology but to be honest just like always taking in language at all times is it's a lot of work it's a lot more work than we realize and maybe it's just my personality and stuff and but it sounds like you have a very similar i'd say an added layer to that too is like um i'm a judgmental person and i i think there's good points and bad points to that. I would say that I'm like a really good judge of character, and it's I'm not a confident person about many things. I can drive cars backwards well, and I can I have a good <laughs> I have a good like if I'm interviewing a person for the job, I'm really confident when I like hire someone. Like, yeah, this person's really great, or like, no, I'm pretty certain I can say this person's not in in just five or ten minutes. I usually have a really good read of people. But there's a huge negative to that and that I often judge people and then, like, I have a hard time. That first impression really weighs on me and I can't go beyond that sometimes and I really don't like that about myself. Um, And having a certain ignorance about Japanese language and the, the deep, deep culture means that I can't really judge people. And when I go back home beyond the language things we just talked about, if I see people, like, if a certain class or history I can't, I'm not happy about this I'm not proud of it but I will like judge them and possibly think negative things about them sometimes just on the way they look or by if they're if they curse a lot I'm really turned off by excessive cursing right um and I'm gonna be really quick to judge those people and not really give them the time of day where in Japan I don't I can't just look at someone and be like oh they're educated they're not Again, it shouldn't really matter, but I think somewhere deep in the human psyche, like, you can say it doesn't matter as much as you want to, but you are judging people, and I don't have that ability to judge as easily here, 
Well, sometimes it's a safety precaution, you know, like it's yeah. like an instinct, you know, because yeah. you, you need to know how to read a situation, especially like where we're from. Mm. You know, there's definitely times where you get into a, a room with some people that you're like, hey, these people are not safe to be around, yeah, you yeah. know, for whatever reason. And, um, and you know, I mean, you don't want to profile and, and stereotype and stuff, but, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where... Um, sometimes that that factors into like you know just your safety you know and, and self preservation and that's one ways. of the cool things is like it's easy enough to say all right this this is like a rich boss Japanese dude or this is like a Japanese dude who like is dangerous that that's easy to tell so I guess and this is how it goes into like cheating is like the important stuff you can do right you, you know who to avoid in Japan pretty quickly. Um, but my point is like all that stupid like again societal class system stuff I'm kind of blind to it here and I really really like that that I would like never even think or even know like oh this person's low class like you know I'd like to think I have something that might be a little bit off topic but um, if you you don't mind me interrupting um, and there was a time uh, this is going back to like the danger aspect and stuff like that but um my wife and I, we went to a uh, ramen place, and we were having ramen. We took you there once. It was like a really kind of like grimy diner kind of... The one um, we walked to from here? It's the one in uh, near Hanazanocha. Um, okay, the Chinese-style yeah. one. Yeah, the yeah. Chinese-style ramen. And um, uh, I remember my wife and I went once, and I'm, I've told you this mm. story before, but um, there was a guy sitting next to us, and he was talking to us, and he was... Uh, uh, very chatty and very polite, and he was he was just saying, "Oh, do you guys like this kind of food? Where are you from?" And asking us like typical questions, you know. And um, my wife like is nudging me. Mm. Did you see? Did you see? And uh, I was like, "What? What?" And she was like, "Look at his hand." And so uh, he was missing like fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's a typical sign that's of a red like, flag like a, a yakuza, right? Yeah. Um, but that just goes to show that, like, sometimes I mean, if yeah, so if, if you like you saw that, then you're gonna like not talk to the person or kind of shun them, right? Exactly. But. You give them the time of day and find out, hey, they're actually... Yeah, but cool. also for in cheating, like, once again, I, I think in our last episode we talked a little bit about how, like, we don't have to deal with, like, the organized crime and stuff in town mm-hmm. where, like, some locals do. Um, we don't, like, it, it's not a big deal, you know, because we're not Japanese, you know, like, we're yeah. not involved in that situation. Where I lived um, in California, it was the same thing. There were, like, Chinese gangs in town, mm. but Chinese gangs don't mess with anybody who's not Chinese mm. because they don't really, it, they don't want to get involved in, like, the politics, you know, and, yeah. and they don't want to get involved in the police and, and all that stuff. So what they do is they, they mess with, like, the Chinese you know, people that have come to America, the immigrants, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like in Japan it's kind of the same. Like, we get to cheat our way out of, like, some dangerous situations at times because um, we don't need to, like... We can play the ignorance yeah. card and not, you know, be involved in, like, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say, like, on that level, too, like, people are trying to sell you stuff. Sometimes mm. they won't bother you because they know they can't speak to you should we talk about the nhk guy yeah yeah, i mean that's a famous one so 
Yeah, sometimes it's nice when people speak English, and then there's other times where it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thank God you don't speak English because I don't have to deal with your sales pitch, you know? Um, but there's one famous, you know, I don't think we need to go into it too much, but NHK is like the PBS of Japan, and uh, that person always can speak English. The person you don't really oh, want yeah. to speak English, they always make sure they get one that can. And, and they, they ask if you could, you have NHK on your television. Mm. They want you to pay, I think it's like a hundred bucks a year. It's pretty expensive. Maybe it's a little less than that. But um, I've only had them come once. I don't know if it's just like a one time and you're done kind of thing. Oh, they come every year. They come me. once a year. Yeah, for you, at yeah. least once a year. Uh, maybe twice a year. Okay. Um, um, but yeah, they can always speak English and they're always trying to talk to you. But this, I think, will lead Matt in the, the last topic we really have for you today, which is playing the Gaijin card, or so I have some other friends that call it Gaijin smashing. Yeah, I, uh, I say the foreigner card. Foreigner card, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I used to use it in Korea sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, kind of a last case resort. I don't like to use it because I don't want to take advantage of people and stuff like that, and yeah. sometimes I don't, I don't want to take advantage of my foreignerness, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but... On occasion, there comes a situation where you're not going to get out of that situation if you don't use the foreigner card. And that is when you're in a situation where you kind of understand what's going on. But the only, <laughs> but you can't explain it very well. And maybe you can explain it, but it would be more trouble to explain it than to, to just play the foreigner ignorance. card. Right. <laughs> so um, that's when, like, like there's an argument or something or um somebody's like the nhk guy is here and he's like hey you need to pay this fee because you watch nhk on your television right and the you put the foreigner card into effect and you say (laughs) what's nhk i'm sorry i don't understand (laughs) and if you don't have the if you have the nhk guy that can't speak any uh english he just waves and he goes like oh okay (laughs) and then he's gone yeah and sometimes um, people are more resilient on occasion um i can't think of any specific incidents that are very interesting like there's been times where i've had to fill out paperwork Mm. and um, I could write the kanji by hand, and I was just like, like for example, I went to uh, the ward office, and uh, they wanted me to write my address mm-hmm. and many things, and it, they said all in kanji. They told me all in kanji, please, mm-hmm. and I was like, I mean, I really can't write kanji, but I could probably look at it and make an effort, and find it or something. Or, or, and but it was a lot of kanji <laughs> characters, so I was like sorry i don't know what to do and um i hate using it i feel so guilty doing this and i i want to be clear i don't do this often i know of people and uh and i won't mention anybody but Mm. i'm not gonna put anybody on blast don't worry but i know of people that use this card more often than um than i do but um uh but is there's an occasion where it's nice to use and you get out of it and you're like, man, I used the foreign card. <laughs> I the only really one I, well there. The only one I can really think of using often was in Korea. I knew you weren't supposed to bring outside drinks into places, mm. but there's never like really overt or obvious signs. There's never like the drink with the slash through it. You know, I just kind of knew it's like social taboo to do, and I would always just play foreigner card and just bring i'm not talking like i yeah. bring like water in because they gave me really small cups of water and they want to ask for water eight times for the amount of water i wanted so i'd be bringing in my own bottle of water i bring in like a snack some some sometimes like they didn't sell that same kind of food there and i i wanted to have a 
rice ball while I was drinking at their establishment buying drinks there, you know, or, uh, so I, I would break that one sometimes in Korea. A lot of times it's a backup plan. Like if I'm going to do something slightly like devious, like, mm. uh, bring a beer into like a movie theater or something, yeah. like I'm like, well, my backup plan is like, oh, I, I didn't, didn't know. know. Oh, yeah. You know? That's right. It's more a mindset than actually having to say, yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah. But it, I mean. I I can't, I can't condone using the foreigner card. I think that even whenever I use it and I know that I was like kind of in the wrong, I mm. feel like really bad. Yeah. So I try not to do it. It's been it's gone down. I've used it. I use. I will say I used it a lot more in Korea, Korea yeah. than I did here. I think it was more sure. genuine there because we didn't know as much of. At least for me, there's times where I just didn't know in Korea, and I wasn't. I was kind of happy that I didn't know, you know? We're here, it'd be more of like meditated, like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> um, but it's so rare. I, again, I'm, I'm trying to think of, mine would be the NHK guy. The one time he came to my house, he, I said, come in, come come look. I don't have, I have a TV, but it's not plugged into the wall. And I showed him, I was like, look, there's no cable here. And he's like, uh, what about on your K-Tai? Do you have it on your K-Tai? And I was like, yeah, come look. And I, I used to always have an NHK in the States, but it's, it's one of those things Matt and I talked about before that once you live somewhere, then you, like, don't always like the things about... You're not as consumed in the culture as you thought you were going to be. So luckily I had deleted the app, like, a couple months before. And I was like, yeah, look at my phone. I don't have the app on there either. <laughs> and he's like, ah, okay. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it is cool to have the the NHK sticker on your house, though. Yeah. Those are pretty worth cool, like hologram eighty dollars stickers. Sticker. Yeah, no, no, not worth eighty dollars. Yeah. Right. Oh, I do watch a lot of NHK. On, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if I if I had to pay, if I got really pressed and I was in the right mood or something, yeah, I, maybe I, I would if, pay it. Maybe if our bosses give us raises, right? Yeah, I thought I am giving a raise. We're gonna end the show uh, in an abnormal fashion today by uh, that that peach chuhai that Things we talked, going crazy, we talked about before. Yeah, it's getting pretty wild in here. Matt and I are off the rails. Drinking, um, we are drinking like a couple of different. So this is Matt's fermented yeah. old momo chuhai that's been in his fridge, but it's my. It's favorite. about to expire. It's, it's like favorite. we have like we have like six or seven days before it expires so I mean um, I'm glad we're drinking it now let's tell the people how it tastes alright come by. come by. it's so good this one tastes so much like mm. a peach to me yeah like Momo a... Momo Chuhai in fact I poured myself I wanted a little bit light on the Chuhai I'm gonna have it all the thing is that Japanese peaches taste very different from their western counterparts and that this is totally encapsulates that Japanese flavor. It's a very much a white flesh peach versus like a yellow flesh. I don't know how to really describe the flavor more than that, but this is totally a Japanese peach flavor, which is crazy. You can recognize that small nuance in the drink. I feel like any kind of sweet drink back home is just so overpowered, like syrupy sugar. Kind of honestly, like the last um, the watermelon we had, I feel like there weren't a lot of nuances to that flavor, you know? Or this to me is a very distinct nice you know i mean it seems like japanese um chemists are kind of wizards because they do come (laughs) up with all these foods that taste like the japanese foods and it does taste pretty close authentic like this momo like i think this really tastes like the momo peach yeah and then um and yeah you know you bring up something really interesting and i don't want to i don't want to go off on some crazy tangent but like a lot of fruits do taste different in japan like it's not limited to um to peaches i feel like a lot of different foods 
taste slightly, have a slight twist or a slight difference. Will you give me a final thing to bring you back home to how we cheat at Japan with food I didn't think about, which is Costco. Oh, I think Costco. Costco yeah. is a pretty good cheat to like. People always ask me, we work at an international school where people are always going back home. So I, I very three or four times a year, I have people saying, hey, man, you want any food from back home? I'm going back home. What do you want? And every time I say, no, nah, there's nothing. Like, the, the small things I want is like Texas brisket, like that you can't bring me back on the airplane, you know? Um, because, again, like you have Costco, you have these Western gourmet stores. Even like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, I used to say I kind of miss. But if you look hard enough, you, you can find them around. Yeah, we um, used to get them from Cali. I have some in the fridge right yeah. now, yeah. So places like Costco and Cali and these West, Western grocery stores, I don't know, they kind of make it really easy to like get that food that you miss, you know, and um, get your Western culture fix on if you want a nice giant slice of pizza or a dollar hot dog uh, at Costco. When you're kind of sensing that nostalgia, um, I'm about ready to go home for the first time in four years, and I don't at all feel it's necessary to go back. I'm not, like, dying to go back home. It's the opposite feeling, actually. I think a big part of that is, um, yeah, places like Costco and just Japan having a lot of these Western places. I've had really good Mexican food here. We were getting Mexican food in Kyoto the other day, and um, I was telling my wife, She's like, oh, we're going to go back to the States. Like, I don't know if we need to get this. And I was like, to be honest, we can probably get better Mexican food in Japan than I can in Michigan. I'm not, obviously not down south or California where you guys are. Mm-hmm. If you go to like where a bunch of white people live. Oh, Mexican, Taco John's? Mexican, we have Taco John's? I don't have Taco, Taco John's. No, we have Taco, Taco, there's a whole lot of Mexican going on at Taco John's. <laughs> we have Taco Bell and Chipotle. And to me, before leaving Michigan, Chipotle was like the most authentic Mexican food I ever had. Uh, which is Chipotle, like, Chipotle is good. Yeah, I think it's, it's really, really good. good yeah. Uh, so yeah, besides Chipotle, uh, yeah, like I don't know, places like Costco and all these Western grocery stores. Are, Ebola, if you like Ebola, right? Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle, yeah. If you don't mind risking the Ebola. Anyway, uh, uh, that's another good cheat, though. I mean, the foreigner and foreign and and. Uh, the gourmet shops, yeah, mm, there's a lot of them all over Japan. Yeah. I mean, more than Korea. I, I do a lot of cooking. I cook all the time, and so I do like. Uh, lately, I've been learning like a lot more Asian cooking, like Thai and Chinese cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I want to do Mexican cooking, which is like, that's what I know the best. Yeah. Um, I, I could get all the ingredients now. Like, I mean, sometimes it's hard to get corn tortillas, but if I, yeah, like you said, if I really want them, I could go get them. Yeah. I could find a place to get them. So um, if you're really pressed, you just take a trip to Tokyo. And you're still yeah. in Japan. It's still. And if you're coming for a visit, don't worry about it. You'll be home soon, right? Yeah. You know. I always worry when I'm at these Western establishments. People are looking at me. I, I would judge someone if you're here for two weeks and you're eating Mexican food in Japan. I mean, I guess again, you don't have Mexican where you come from, but like, yeah, this is talking like long, like long term life. You know, you gotta have your Mexican fix sometimes, yeah. or your pizza fix, or whatever. So, although they're, they're some of the best hamburgers I've ever had have been in Japan. I, so you know, the, I wish I could say that the best hamburger I've had in my life is in Japan because, like, the second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth best have been in Japan. There's a lot of really good ones, but there's just this one place I've been to in Texas that barely squeaks out and is a little bit better. But on average, best hamburgers of my life are easily in Japan. The one thing Japan does not have is southern barbecue. So everybody in the th- southern states, you are you are blessed with some good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless, again, the brisket, Tokyo does have it. It's just really expensive. Yeah, but, but. that's one of those places they sell out of it. 
Mm. Yeah, we talked about that in another episode, yeah. It's food tangent here. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> this, I guess... This chew high is really good. The 3% yes, is kicking in. I think this would be like the perfect first episode, honestly, for us, because I think it's important to know that anything mm-hmm. we say is based off of this stuff and that we're very abnormal in the lives we live here. It's not the normal slice of Japanese life. Although I think it's a normal slice of Japanese life if you're a foreigner living in Japan. You yeah. Know, someone who doesn't speak Japanese, uh, someone who doesn't have a Japanese salaryman job. I do think your life might be something more akin to what we're living here. But even among that, I would like to think we're a unique... And you know what? If you have one of those jobs and you live in Kansai and you haven't contacted us and asking to be on the, the program, you know, like, please, we would love to have other perspectives. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. if you live a totally different life, you know, and I mean, if you're Japanese and you want to come on the show and, you know, and let us know, like, from your perspective or something, if anything we say doesn't ring true to you or, or um, isn't a part of your life, I mean, contact us. Yeah, know? we're super happy. I mean, the last, this episode and the one we just did, which was uh, like our gripes with Japan, are kind of me really being aware that we represent only one perspective of Japan and kind of forcing ourselves to maybe admit to that in this episode or in the other episode of um, Gripes About Japan, like trying to show things that I hear my other friends say, you know, just to be a little more well-rounded. Um, but we definitely come at it with that attitude of this is our own perspective and it's only one story of the view on Japan and that if someone came on and wanted to disagree or you know occasionally our friends tell me I, I love hearing that and it's a really fun conversation to have um, so a lot of times I think on the internet and in internet culture you know you get these horrible people like just fighting with the most silly little simple fights so please uh, we would love to have you on we we have um, some user generated content coming your way soon um, we've been talking with some of our um, listeners we could um, always use more so but if anybody my, wants to come my on my point is like two of the greatest moments Matt and I have been podcasting for probably seven years now on and off and um, two of the proudest moments we've ever had have been happening recently one which you know about already which was uh, having uh, some of our listeners on the show that mm-hmm. was a such a cool episode. Jordan and Mike. Um, yeah. Shout out to Jordan and Mike. How you guys doing? Yeah, so for me, that was awesome. I wasn't there for that, to be able to listen to it. There's so much I wanted to say. I was like shouting, you know, not shouting, but I was like talking to my phone, because I wish I was there um, able to join in on that and comment and chime in on some things, especially since they're from like my hometown area. I really wanted to compare direct things around the Detroit area to here. Um, but we have another one uh, in the works coming that only we know about. It's probably like the cool one of the coolest things that's happened to me in my life. It's pretty special. Um, so just more, yeah, stuff like that. Like having you guys contact us. We can do Skype interviews, you know, uh, etc. Um, or yeah, if you're in the area, meet up. We'll have you on. Oh yeah, definitely. If you're in Osaka or uh, Kobe, you know, Kyoto, I mean, yep. hit us up. You know, let us know. Um, if you're in Japan and you're listening and you know you want to communicate with us please do so um we're all over the internet at japan 2.0 um we're on uh wordpress that's our blog yeah wordpress is our blog um 
and put then, up all like the little details of the show. Sometimes there's links, like video links in there. If we say a name that you can't quite spell because it's in Japanese, we usually like write out show notes on there. Yeah. Um, on iTunes now, they've changed it up where it'll just show you like a preview of those notes. Have you yeah, those that? are terrible. Yeah, they used yeah, to not do I that. that. Yeah. So sorry, just go to the. There's a link always in. There. I don't know if it's our URL or if it's um on the iTunes side. I'm not sure, but yeah, just whatever. Click the is link that's in the notes, and it takes you to our blog, and you can get all. We you know kind of spend a good amount of time writing those up every time so yeah check those out and join us on instagram where our community just keeps growing and growing you know that's awesome um and we're on twitter and facebook as well at japan 2.0 spell out the point and um yeah do you have a song of the show david of course so many songs of the show always um i've been listening to a lot of like female hip-hop lately a lot of modern contemporary music for me that's like the thing that japan's doing really strong right now um it's kind of the I, i've noticed like that style of music is taking a lot from what we love from shibuya k mm, yeah it's like it's two things i like which is kind of like bad rapping <laughs> i have a you i mean you love bad rapping too right yeah yeah I'm gonna go out and say something that could be a sin, but call I'm gonna call Blondie and her delivery not not the best flow out there. Oh, I mean and, Blondie uh, <laughs> yeah, she had like the first major like rap, you know, like record, right? My my point is but, that I really love Blondie and that was as a white suburban kid, shock. That was like my first introduction to rap. And uh it's always stuck with me that style of just like no rhythm um, or like a really robotic rhythm a man from Mars in candy bars that don't kind of stuff shooting cars yeah, yeah. so uh, a lot of these Japanese female rappers are using that same style of delivery that just really rings home to me and uh, maybe it doesn't to you I don't know but the, the beats and the music are really really awesome and they are kind of Shibuya K-esque um, and so I, I have a slew of these uh, luckily it's kind of cool this is coming out while we're living here the one I'm going to use today uh, her name is Zombie Chang and uh, Zombie Chang Zombie oh, Chang oh man that's a new one for me yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah she's a little bit electronic on the electronic end um, a little bit dancey um, this one is called like Weekdays is I think the song name don't quote me on that one but she does run through in, in English and run through like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday which I'm sure you've been hearing uh, but yeah she's really cool I don't know if it's an EP or an album it's seven songs but every song on it is really really good um, I listen to it a lot at home these days so Zombie Chang is really really awesome I'm just choosing one of the great songs but again literally like any song on the album would be a good one to listen to um Oh, I'm excited so to hear this check one. Her. I, don't know, I don't know this one. Yeah, check her out. Uh, there's this great YouTube channel. I'll put a link uh, in the show notes or on the blog if I'm not editing this one. It's called Lute, L-U-T-E. And she was featured on there. And that's how I honestly, that's like my biggest secret to finding new Japanese music is they select um, really cool people on there. Um, so coolest, she's on there. Coolest Sound Japan is another good place to find. Yeah, in terms I of like, uh, like writing and stuff. Yeah. If, if you're not... If you don't like reading, <laughs> if you're illiterate like me, the language arts teachers, and I'm just joking. Uh, this is all like video based. Oh, okay, this one. Okay. It's like a video yeah. blog. Cool. But yeah, that, that site's great for news, cool yeah. stuff. Hey, and shout out to Chocolate Philosophy, uh, Philosophy yeah. that has Mine's been doing weird. like some amazing stuff with Shibuya K on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I on, follow him on Twitter and. He needs um, more followers, like that. He needs yeah. more followers. Yeah. He's putting great music uh, on his YouTube channel. So, Chocolate Philosophy, check it out. All right, so like we've been talking about, uh, our community has been growing, and we've been hearing some uh, cool feedback from uh, our listeners. 
So Matt's going to tell us about our favorite way to interact with us, which are iTunes reviews. And we have a new one hot off the press. Yes. Uh, so the title of this one is Love the Chill and the Culture. Uh, I enjoyed you guys since Two Crude Mon Dudes, and this podcast is a really great continuation of that. Uh, I like that you finally added some guests and talked about different perspectives. Um, and we talk about the type of culture that they like, and I tweeted at you guys about that, and I really enjoyed the quality of life in Japan episode. I hope to hear more uh, like that from you guys. Keep making them. Five stars. Well, thank you very much, he he 300 uh, That was an awesome review, and we really appreciate it. It helps us a lot. Yeah. And now, on to Twitter. We got another guy named ZBG, and you know, his profile photo, he has a very uh, special smile happening on there. That's an so awesome photo, yeah. I'm going to read his whole comment while making the same face. <laughs> Keeping my face like Okay, nice. All right? So... <laughs> Hey guys, long time sub wanted to say thanks and keep up the good work. Love the game series episode. Keep it up. Hey, you know what? It's awesome, Zeke, Z-E-B-G, <laughs> that you um, you talk about the game episode. We were kind of debating whether to do video games and do those video game profile episodes because we didn't know, you know, if our listener base was into games as much as we were. We're not a video game podcast. Mm. But um, if you enjoy that episode... Don't worry, more's coming along the way. We have, I mean, I, I could think of three game series that I would really like to cover. I'm sure David has a couple of I his. One, yeah. um, and uh, and I, I like to try, I mean, I definitely like the games that have the best music. So even if you're not a big game fan, when a game episode shows up, just stick around for some good music if you like our Doki Doki radio stuff. Yeah, and for me, I like the culture aspect of the game, so I'm always trying to show how it represents a certain side of Japanese culture. We really don't go deep into like actually playing the games or what that's like. It's more of a, a cultural standpoint. Yeah. Um, so yeah and, and ways that it has inspired us, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look forward to all that in the future. The future is bright. That's right. So thanks to everybody that subscribes to Japan 2.0 and from David and myself Zombie Chang Zombie Chang peace see ya.